Hello, Juna community. Surprise, this is definitely not Sarah. My name is Kara Hardin, and I appeared on the very first episode of Juna. I'm a former lawyer and registered psychotherapist, which really just means I love asking all sorts of questions and have professionally qualified myself to do that in a number of different contexts. We're interrupting your regularly scheduled Juna programming because Sarah and Eric have super exciting news. Their third baby, there he is, Levi Alfred Kuhn, joined the world at 2.22 a.m. on Thursday, June 18th. He was delivered safely at home, and both he and Sarah and Luca and Kyla and Eric are acclimating to him with life outside and not inside of Sarah's body. Because Sarah and Eric are generous, open, and caring people, they wanted to share their experience with you, the Juna community. We're going to cover home birthing, pregnancy, third pregnancy, labor, everything that you want to get into. And I want you to keep in mind that today's conversation is a reflection of Sarah and Eric's unique context and choices. It's not them offering their experience and choices as better or worse than yours, nor does it replace the advice of your medical support team. So with that, I invite you to grab a cup of whatever you're enjoying these days, snuggle in somewhere, and hear what it's like to bring a baby into the world. So Sarah and Eric, first and foremost, how are you today? Levi's been in the world for almost 36 hours. Well, first and foremost, that was a lovely intro. Oh. So thank you <laughs> for that. Loved it. I, um, secondly, I think like we are 36 hours in and um, running on lots of baby snuggles and, um, and just, I think, excitement. I, I don't think that the, uh, for me, the, the fatigue of having a newborn is not set in yet. <laughs> Eric, how are you doing? I agree. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I'm not as tired as I would have thought I would be. Um, you know, I think it's really important that we will get into the details, but we, we have help and that is, that is extremely important. I think we'd be in a different mental, emotional state if we, if we didn't, but it's great. He's such a sweet little guy. And, um, yeah, it being our third, you definitely approach, that you know newborn first couple days first couple weeks very differently than you do for your first and and um, even for your second so you're just not terrified Mm -hmm. i think like you know everything's gonna be okay so everything feels a lot easier Mm. well let's get into it i would love to ask i'm gonna for juna podcast listeners i'm just gonna let sarah and eric tell their story and hopefully get all of the questions that you guys have after so, Sarah, Eric, why don't you tell us Levi's birth story? So I will get started with that. Um, the first thing I will say is that um, we decided to do a home birth. So the, the like mental state of like going into labor was like a little bit different in that like at no point was I like, oh, I need to do this because this is when we need to go to the hospital. And I think that that changes, that just changes a lot of the way you approach each time you think you're having, <laughs> each time I thought I was going into labor. Um, anyway, so the first story, I think we'll say it began on um, 
what was the day? It was Sunday that I found. Oh, I mean, I, I talked about it a lot on Juna, but um, um yeah, I was going to say, have you talked about your decision to go with the midwife and then move from the birth center to home? Because I think there's no, actually some some interesting things. In yeah, Kara, do you want to get do do we get to that after, after. or do yeah we get to it after? Cool. So we'll we'll get it. So basically, like I had been to the hospital, the ER earlier this weekend, the week the weekend leading up to his birth, because I had um, like massive thrombosis hemorrhoids that I was like, I need to get these lanced before my this baby comes. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure that they're gonna blow out my butt um, when I push <laughs> him out. So, <laughs> there's no such thing as TMI. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> So I get back from the hospital and like immediately like feel like contractions start at like 7 a.m. And I'm like, well, this is like, these are really strong and very strange. Like, okay, like I must, this must be labor. I must be going into labor. And for like an hour that continued, I like emptied my bowels, like completely emptied my bowels, which is also another sign of like early labor and had, had been something that I experienced with both my pregnancies before that. So I was like very sure and getting very excited and continued. I texted my midwife and just said, Hey, just wanted to get on your radar. Like, this is what's happening. And she's like, okay, you know, like, well, you know, keep, keep, uh, keep me posted. I have an appointment at two. Like I'll just let me know. So I know if I need to go to it or not. And like right after that text message, everything stopped. And I was like, well, okay, I guess, I guess that's that. And um, so that was like my first false start with labor. Then the next night, Monday night, I had another moment like that. We were watching TV on the couch and like, I, like it just started. I had like every, every 10 or 15 minutes, I'd have like a pretty strong contraction. They started to get a little closer together. And then, um, at like 10, we decided to go to bed. I'm laying there. The contractions are continuing. And finally I was like, all right, I actually think this is going to happen. So I'm going to get the room ready. Like, I, you know, like, so I started emptying all of the supplies, like on the table. I got like, I got Levi's like snoo ready. I like, it was like just all the stuff that I hadn't done. I started to prepare. And at two o'clock in the morning, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to lay down while I still can and try and get some rest before things really ramp up. And so I lay down and then I just wake up in the morning. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. There, I guess, I guess I wasn't in labor. Um, and then another, so that was, that was Monday night. By the way, you did most of this silently. Oh, silently. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, didn't tell me any of this. Like, this is news to me. <laughs> yeah, Eric was sleeping the whole which, time. Which, by the way, and we'll talk about previous births later, I think, is consistent. <laughs> yes. Um, so then Wednesday comes along and I had always told, um, our midwife, I was just like, um, that I like, I'm like, I was just like, yeah. And she kept saying, do you want to do, if you want to do castor oil, you can do castor oil after 39 weeks. And I was like, okay, that works. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do, I don't give birth to this baby before Wednesday, Wednesday, I'm going to, um, I'll do this castor oil trick. And so at 7 PM I make a castor oil shake. Um, and I, um, within an hour, like labor, like, like I start having contractions and I'm, uh, and like, they start, they like start when I say like mild, like 
there, 45 seconds long, but like pretty tolerable, but they were just coming every two minutes. And that was like, just that ended up being consistent for throughout the entire labor. Like I was having 45 second contractions for two minutes, but like every, every like hour or so they would just ramp up in intensity. Like, so I think by nine o'clock and by the way, I'm going to let it's like, at some point, Eric had to take over my phone because I was just like, I can't even, my head, oh wait, actually, I want to back up because these were all happening on the couch where we're watching a show and Eric's like, well, I have two, he's like, it looks like this baby's not coming. And I was like, why do you think that? As I'm sitting there going through contractions. Silently. Silently. I hadn't <laughs> yet communicated that I was having contractions because I didn't want to be the boy who cried wolf again. And... um and Eric's like, well, because your water hasn't broken. And I'm like, that's like how very few labors start. I like, think I said nothing's going on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. <laughs> I know I said I would wait till questions were over, but scale no, yeah, of you, zero to you 10. You have got to interject. Scale of zero to 10, how intense would you describe your silent suffering? Um, while we were watching TV, I would say that it was like, a, like the intensity of the contractions was like a four. Okay. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. Okay. Like a four. Okay. So Sarah's silent till about five and a half, and then six is when she'll tell you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Is and there, by the way, ten is. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> can we now define the scale? Like what? Ten is, is transition. Great. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know what really transition got is, we'll follow up there. Um. Okay. Okay. And so, zero's like so, zero's like a sprained ankle. I know it's hard to like compare apples and oranges, but like a bad period. Like what's Yes, a bad period. Okay. Zero's a bad period. Okay. So you're four notches above the worst period. Oh, zero not nothing. And just silently watching like <laughs> where in the world is Carmen San Diego or something quaint yes. like that. Okay. Please continue. Yeah. So we um so I say then I so like when Eric says nothing's happening, I'm like, no, no. No, I'm, I am having contractions. Like, there's something happening. Like, you're, like, I'm, there's 100% something happening. This is, this is happening. And he's like, oh, okay, well, let me go watch. Because I had, um, had a, got a birth course. And I had assigned him very few things to do during birth. And he was supposed to figure out what counter pressure points he could do. And there was, like, a few, like, basically, like, how to be a good birth partner. So Eric was like, well, this is one of the things that's on my to-do list. So let me go downstairs and watch these now at 10 o'clock <laughs> on the night that you're in labor. <laughs> it was 8.30. And this assignment was unbeknownst to me. If you ever emailed my personal email, I don't check it. So it's, it's buried. I don't know if you sent it a week ago, six months ago. So I had no idea. Anyway, so, so Eric is watching these videos. Um I come downstairs. By the way, fascinating. Yes. And we should come back to that. Yeah. Eric, Eric took, after he watched these videos, he took his job very seriously. And he was practicing. Like, so every time I would, I would come downstairs and I would, we were just like, I was cleaning up because we were going to have people in our home. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. like, why are you doing all this right now? I'm like, because there's going to be people in here. <laughs> we're, we're having a baby tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so we start we start cleaning up and and like every time I'd have a contraction, Eric would practice the counter pressure, and then and then we would go back to tra- like talking, 
and and we just both kind of noticed how how fast the the contractions were coming and and they were like still pretty strong so i was like all right let's i'm gonna start communicating with robin because like i just robin's her midwife eric yes robin from push midwifery um i was a little bit nervous one of my biggest fears was and i think eric's too was like this was gonna go really fast and we were gonna like have an unassisted home birth which was like so far from our plan that (laughs) like we just really wanted to ensure that that did not happen um so anything to add up until this point um not not really i mean i'll say we were afraid of it going fast because kylo was half the time luca was and if this was half the time that kylo was it was gonna be you know a couple hours right it turned out not to be but um it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't that far, but it wasn't, it wasn't as fast as we had expected. But so things, things continued to ramp up. We, like Eric and I get the rest of the room set up. Like we put like the line, the vinyl lining on our bed and then put a new sheet on. Um, some help session. Um, and then, so we get everything ready and get it, getting close to the mic, getting close to the mic so that everyone can hear. Um, so, and let me just, let's, yeah, I was going to say, when you say getting everything ready and we can get into sort of the process, but like paint a picture what in the world does it look like to prepare a room for a home birth? Like, like you said, you had a table. Like, what? Yeah. So, what does this look I'll, like? I'll I'll say it because I don't know what, why anything <laughs> happened. So I might I might be able to. So first of all, like cleaning, just cleaning everything, making sure that the, you know, all the all the junk is sort of away. So all the surfaces are, are just clear, and then. Um, and then Sarah laid out a bunch of uh, supplies on top of those. So we have the, what are those the pads called? The Chuck's pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chuck's pads. And then um, we had a bunch of towels uh, set aside. Um, what else? I we mean, just tarp. clear the space for the midwife. We had a big the tarp for the, for, the, yeah. for the birth pool. Well, so the services, though, we cleared some space for, for the midwife because she brought some supplies as well. Yeah. And then you just have to clear a big space in the middle of the room something that big i'd say probably like eight feet by eight feet um uh for them to put a tarp down because that's where the birthing pool goes and then we needed a um a hose extension so that we could basically fill the Mm -hmm. pool from our shower yeah and they tell you what to get and they actually came by a few weeks ago yeah a week or two ago and kind of test test drive everything um so you have a hose running from the shower you disconnect the shower head and screw this on, and then that hose runs through the room to the broken pool. Okay. And I, I relied on my my midwife for for like ninety percent of this information. Like she told me everything that we would need. She also had like a birth kit through Simply Birth, where you just like order it and it comes with everything that you would need. Um, but then I also watched like a couple YouTube videos on like what like moms before me who have had like three home births, like just like little tips and mm-hmm. tricks that they had suggested. And, um, 
And so that, that was kind of just so I felt like well prepared, I guess. Um, Cause Amazon's like, I mean, it's starting to get back to normal, but sometimes things would just take 10 days and you're just like, Oh, I'd expected it to be one day. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, what is interesting having gone through it and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like so much of the preparing the room in retrospect, where we to do this again is really about, you know, mom's comfort, mm-hmm. right? Like as you're going through labor, not, like I, I think in my head and probably in a lot of other people's heads, it's all about the delivery. You're like, how do you prepare a room for delivery? Mm-hmm. It, but so much of it was actually about the laboring beforehand and, you know, being calm and being comfortable and being in a place where you can kind of deal deal with that whole Totally, totally. So. I, and I think I didn't actually, like, that was not a clear to me either. Well, you, you had like kind of dimmed the lights and lit a candle and you had music going and like that's not a normal evening routine for us <laughs> no um so it was notable uh, get some seal on in the background mm-hmm. yeah um and so but but like as the night was going on i was like oh this is like that you need to do that because mm-hmm. there's so much i mean i could talk for a lot of that but i won't but yeah that's Setting the room up for mom just to feel comfortable and feel at home is 95% of it. The rest of it is more like clinical and tactical. It's not really. Mm-hmm. And also short. Of it. Like that's like, yeah, it's so, it's not, such a small part of yeah, the, yeah. the night that you're like, oh, <clears throat> yeah, I missed the boat on that one. And I'm glad that you brought that up because I actually wouldn't have even thought to bring to like. Like one thing we, we had done, and it's this came from the class that uh, Sarah sent me, um, was they recommend a scarf. But like we have a TRX band in our in our gym, um, and for those that don't know what the TRX is, it's basically like a suspension trainer. Yeah, it's it's all it's, all, um, it's attached to our wall, but you, there's door attachments, so you can put it in a closed door, and then you have these kind of two handlebars essentially that you can use for a bunch of different things. Um, when you're laboring, it can help to have that because you can kind of like stretch different parts of your back and your hips by using, you know, your own weight and just holding on to the TRX band. So I, I ended up bringing that into our room, which I wouldn't, that wouldn't have ever crossed my mind mm-hmm. um, as something that would even help. And you didn't even know, you're like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, let me, let me show you how to do uh, but I, I think like getting the room set up for for you know the, the pre-delivery yeah. is really important. Yeah. Any other comfort items? Um, I had my labor ball, which I expected to spend a lot of time with, and I think I in our text message conversations, I think in our text message conversations, I told you like that I like shockingly spent mm-hmm. very little to no time in any of the comfort positions that I had expected to. And I think like, that's a a thing that I want to draw attention to because I think your expectations of how you're going to handle labor is so different than how you actually handle labor because like, you just don't know like your body knows what it's going to do when it's going to do it and what's comforting to it. Like I was sitting in like the mermaid position pressing on my knees for I would say like 70% of each of like the contractions. Like it was just, 
that was t- the most tolerable for me. Um, and I just never would have even put that in the Juna app as a, mm-hmm. as like a labor, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, just, it's just really funny how that ends up happening. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll jump back into where we were. I think like we came back upstairs and things just started to intensify pretty quickly. Um, and I, I gave my phone to Eric and I said, can you, can you like, Hey, let one, let Robin know that you're the one texting. Cause I don't want her to think that I'm the one texting. Cause I think if she thinks I'm texting, she's going to, she's not going to understand the severity of what's mm-hmm. of like what's happening. Cause you're, he's like texting her very normally. Right. Like, and part of her job is to assess what, like the extremeness of what's happening. Right. Um, and so I think at some point, like she was like, all right, we'll, we'll head over now. And that was at like midnight and I had been laboring every, like, and, and again, these contractions were lasting 45 seconds and, and they were coming every two minutes. I just felt like I was getting no recovery. Well, she also said, when I said, Hey, this is Eric, I've, I've taken over. Um, she was like, Oh, uh, how long has Sarah like not been able to text? Basically it was like a key it's a key point for her, like a milestone that you're like, I, yeah, I'm not communicating anymore. Um, but yeah, there, there were a few, we did ask, we did ask like, what should we be looking for to tell you when to come? And she, 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 she had, a, and it's really interesting. And this is always something that everyone says, and it it's not true for me. And I need, need, need to make that clear too, is that one of the signs that you're like in, um, in active labor is that like you can't you can't like on your breaks you basically oh you yeah, need yeah, to focus yeah, like you can't still talk to somebody she was like when the laughing and the talking stops right and i was laughing and talking up until transitions <laughs> like on the breaks like just because like my my like nature is to um make people comfortable and um and i feel like should I talk? Um, the baby was coming down my canal. I was still like trying to make everyone comfortable in my home and like, yeah. So yes, true. But, but also Sarah's demeanor definitely changed. I would say around like 11, 10, 30, 11. Cause I, I remember at somewhere around 11, we were like, I asked Sarah, like, are you going, are you going to make it until midnight? You know? And she was like, Oh no, I'm definitely making it until midnight. But, it, but it, there was at some point we were like, I'm not sure this thing, this is escalating quickly. And um, I think around 11, you're, you know, your, your moderate six turned into like a, turned into like a strong seven yeah. in terms of intensity. So when so. did, when did, when had you text Robin? Was that around 10, 11 that Eric took over? I think we were, I think we were texting, but yeah, I think it was around 10, 10 or 11. So about the time, um, about the time that yeah. Sarah was like turning and it was like, oh my gosh, are you going to make it? And what was, what was it feeling like? for you then Sarah um it was feeling like it's it's like 
it's 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 hard because that's actually not when I would say like that it it changed for me. Like it was when they got there at midnight. She checked me, and I was a four. And mind you, I was a three, four centimeters dilated. To, yes, and I was a three before. I went into labor. So I was like really disheartened. And I was like, oh, I wish she hadn't even checked me because now I just feel like I have six more centimeters to go. And I don't know if I can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, Sarah was visibly deflated at being four centimeters. Mm -hmm. Well, you had Uh, just gone through three hours of 45-second yes. contractions every two minutes that every hour the ante had been upped. Despite the fact that you were joking and talking and hosting and cleaning, of all things, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that, okay. Mm-hmm. And so I was, and then I was just like, okay. And like, I I was just like, all right, well, I'm going to get back. I'm going to start, I'm going to just like get my, get my head back in the game. Because like I, it's like when you, I'm like, I, I'm like, I, obviously play competitively in basketball, but it's like when you're like, you've missed a couple of shots and you're just like, you kind of feel out of it, but you know that you need to refocus to like, get your head back in the game. And my dad used to be like, get like, get your head back in the game. Mm-hmm. And that was like, I like literally like must've chanted it to myself several times. Be like, just, just like get your, get your head back in the game. Like you've, there is no other option here. Mm-hmm. And Robin and Joan, who was her birth assistant, went into the other room, just kind of like hang out. And she's like, I'll check on you in a bit. And over the next, I would say, hour and a half, like I just, Eric was like, um, was going to try and catch some sleep so that he would feel a little rested for when I went into, into uh, so for when I was going to push the baby out, he could, he could be well rested. Um, but also like there was, like, I, like, I was like, I didn't want, I didn't want support at that moment. Like I just needed to like be with myself. Um, I needed my head focused and I needed to only focus on myself. And, um, and so I did that for the next hour and a half and Robin came in and I just started talking to her and I was like, how much longer do you think this can last? I I actually, I got in the shower for about 20 minutes and that was Mm -hmm. super, um, it was a really good comfort piece. And like mid, I, I would have stayed in there for another hour and a half, but I was like, oh shit, we still have to fill up the pool. I don't want it to run out of hot water. You know, we don't, we don't have a boiler. I didn't know that. I just was like, <laughs> I'm going to run out of hot water if I keep you running. Won't run out of hot water. Um, and so after about 20 minutes, I got out showering, which just felt so good. Laboring in the shower felt so good. I got out, Robin came and checked on me. So we were. I went through like probably maybe eight contractions with her, and she was like rubbing my back a bit. And then I said to her, "How much longer do you think that this is going to last?" And she just kind of looked at me, and I was like, "I just, Robin, I really thought that this baby was going to be out by two. And she's like, "What time is it?" And I was like, "We looked at my phone, and it was one fifty-nine." And I was like, "And she's like, well, do you want me to break your water?" And I was like, Ooh, what is what does that mean? And at this point, like Eric woke up and he's listening to this conversation. I, I don't right. know if it's because I was in and out because she came in several times yeah. or several interactions and, and I was listening. But I, I don't I didn't feel like that conversation of the how much longer is this going to be was connected 
directly to do you want she was checking you again right and said like oh it's, it's i think it was your sixth i think she said like oh, you're shit. six to seven you're, from generous you're, I give yeah you from generous i give you an eight but i'm not so it's a seven um and then she asked you and you said no so do you want me to uh do you want me to break your water yeah, and i said no you said no well because it had yeah. to be during a contraction one just kicked up and you're like you just like made it to deal with it and then you transitioned to the ground and then another one started and you were like leaning on the bed and um they were robin and, and joe both in here and you're you were leaning over the bed and one started and you kind of like hopped up on the bed um during the contraction and laid down and while you were making that maneuver you're like okay do it do it do it do it, do it. and then like i remember robin and joe both sort of laughing at your like you know resolve in the moment like you had 100% decided like this was this was happening um and yeah and, and so they did so so the thing is is that somewhere in there i said like what are like basically what are the implications of you popping my water of breaking my water and she's like well look it's gonna it's gonna get intense either an hour from now when your water breaks on its own or now if I break your water and and like that was that was that was all she left me with and so it was up to my mind to decide what intense meant Mm. and what it turned out intense meant was not what I thought intense meant yeah I wouldn't go there yet so before that yeah she said like it's you know it's gonna escalate pretty quickly and and I think one of us had asked, like, should we fill up the pool? I think you had asked, like, should we fill up the broken pool? You want it to be the right temperature, so you don't want to fill it up too early. And she was like, no, we have time. And and then I think that was, like, right before your contraction where you decided it was go time. And uh, after she broke your water, we, like, kind of rushing to, like, get the pool going and get the water right. Um and I, you know, I, I was doing that. So, and I know you were on the ground and I don't know, but it seemed like things really, oh, I mean, really escalated uh, very, very fast. So she pops my water and while she's like, she still has her hand in me and she's like, okay, you're an eight. You are now a nine. You are a 10 and the baby's head is coming down. And like, and I want you to imagine what, like, I mean, like transitioning three and three, three centimeters, like, and then the baby coming down the canal all in a matter of, I mean, it must've been 30 seconds. seconds. I think it was short. I mean, it was, it was very, very fast. And, and I'm like, and I'm still in a contraction and I'm lying on my back. I was just like, Oh my, I, I was, I was, I saw like another planet. Like I was just like, I don't, and I like immediately my body was like, how, like, how, okay. And I like got on the ground next to my bed and, um, and I'm just like, I'm in the squatting position, like a deep goddess squat position. <laughs> this is where anyone who's listening, um, it gets, it get it can get, I don't believe in TMI, but this might be TMI. Go there. <laughs> the baby Go there. Starts. I'm on a Chuck's pad. There's two Chuck's pads. I'm just like, there's two Chuck's so pads. I'm, there's my carpet is nowhere is, is not in, um, is not in uh, like distress. Um, so <laughs> your carpet? I'm like in, yeah, our rug, mm-hmm. in our rug in our bedroom. 
Um, I am in the squatting position. My water has just been broken. So there's like a little bit of fluid and the baby's head is coming down my back. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm pooping. I am pooping. I am pooping. And I'm just squatting there. By the way, not silent. This time. <laughs> this is, she is verbalizing this one. <laughs> um, and I and I didn't poop in either of in either of my previous pregnancies, so this was. I, By the way, her greatest fear, and I'm sure many people who are listening share that. Fear. Yeah. Oh, it's a big fear, big pregnancy, big labor fear is pooping. No, on the like table. what was what? No, but it's important to. And it was your greatest fear. Yes. Yes. My greatest fear. And I am just pooping on the floor. And I and the thing is is I also like can't move because like I am in I I have never focused I and mean, this was this was hands down the most intense pain and experience I've ever felt in my entire life. Like I, I just What did it feel like in your body? Like can you even felt, describe it? It felt like this it, it, it's like it's like taking a giant poop is like a is like so mild of a but like of a description but it's like I, there it felt like a bowling ball was making its way down my back and out of my butt mm. there's no part in you that you fit you're like it I think that this baby is going out the wrong hole mm. <laughs> like how did it get into my butt I thought it was coming out of my vagina and that is the feeling and the thing is is like the rest of your body, st- and then, and then, like, then all of a sudden, th- I was like going through three major contractions. So, like, every other part of my like stomach and and like uterus and like back is on fire, as well as feeling like the baby is in the wrong hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I have a question: Do you feel like you were kind of trying to hold him in? Yes. Yeah, that's the way it because you. you you kept asking, like, how's the pool? <laughs> Joan and I are over by the pool, and it's, it's you know, it's six inches, maybe six inches of water, right? So it's not filling that fast. Um, and Robin was rubbing your back and, like, help. she was with you and yeah. helping you. And um, she, oh, she was rubbing my back, and it was the best feeling. I, I mean, it's literally what got me. When I, like, it is literally what got me through that next, what must have been ten minutes. It, it wasn't. Uh-oh. How it long wasn't. was it? I don't think it was. How long was it? I really, I mean, maybe from your water breaking through was, was I think it said it was like 10 or 14 minutes four, total. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean. So 10 you, of it must have been um, when I was on the ground. Because yeah. I was in the tub for four minutes. <laughs> yeah, sure. But it, it took a minute or two to get to that I, I'm saying like a really intense it took a minute or two to get to that really intense piece on the ground or you were just like totally oh I was silent. I was totally sound for the first part yeah, okay. yeah then, it was not it was very fast I'm sure it felt like so during the break I had one I had one break from a contraction and I like they, they were like alright you can come get in the pool so I like I hobble over to the pool which is, I mean it's probably 15 feet but it felt like I was the, like the last three miles of a marathon. Um, and I was like, I can get there. I can get there. And I get in the pool. And after that whole poop thing, I get in the pool and I like get in there. And like the first, I like get into a position and all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my God, I'm pooping again. 
so horrified. Um, <laughs> and like scoop it out with a fishnet. <laughs> really. And apparently, the thing is, is like it felt like there must have been a shark sized <laughs> But it was like apparently the size of a penny. There was like, no, it, like, was it was virtually nothing. But like that's what my butt felt mm. like. You know, it just, it felt like all this stuff was coming out, even though things weren't coming out. Um, and so then, so then all of a sudden she's like, okay, are you, are you, you want to, oh, oh my God, I can't. So then all of a sudden my body just starts doing this thing that I had, only reason I even knew what it was is that I've been listening to so many podcasts, so many birth story podcasts, and my body just starts doing this like crunch down and I start grunting and I'm like, what is, what is going on? And it's, it's called fetal ejection. <laughs> it was not a grunt. It was a soft whisper. Um, <laughs> Kara, like, what's funny about this is that that um, people have asked us, I think Robin was asking us, like, what are you going to do with the kids, like, during during labor? Like, do they have, you know, noise-canceling machines? Are they in another room? Somebody going to take them somewhere? Because um, it can be quite loud. And other people have asked this as well. And, and I was like, Sarah doesn't make a noise. She doesn't make any sound at all um, while giving birth. And so she gets in the pool. And this is the extent, I mean, this is the most intense part of any of her three births. And it was like a little faint whimper. <laughs> anyway, it sounded like a massive grunt to me. Yes, like, just like, like, and it and it kept happening, and like it, it did sound totally involuntary. <laughs> but it was, and it's called fetal ejection reflex. And like the best way to describe it is, your body is throwing up the opposite way. Like you know that feeling when you're throwing up; it's like involuntary. Your stomach is just like recoiling, and it's coming out. Mm-hmm. This was like recoiling the other way, and just like pushing your baby out. So like the first. I would say the first minute of me pushing was not like me pushing at all. It was like my body was just like pushing this baby out. And I was so confused by it that I, I like reached my hand under to see if I could feel the baby's head. Cause I started to feel it down there that it was like getting very intense. And, and then I think like I had sent, I think I sent you this video, but like Eric caught the next piece on video where like I go to put my, like, I go to put my hand down there. And Robin's like, do you want to touch your baby's head? And I was like, no, I don't. Like I just, I just wanted to see where we were at here. But then within the next two minutes, it was actually, I mean, it was one contraction, the baby's head, I pushed the baby's head out. And then, which like was like the most intense experience of my life, like getting that head. And then she's like, okay, like, do you feel your baby turning? And I was like, I, I don't feel anything, but like, like as if my body's exploded below Mm -hmm. Like if my, my bottom has exploded and then I just like, she's like, okay, now just give me some soft pushes. And I was like, this is the only part of this, of this labor where I feel like I've been in control and I'm like, okay, I'm going to breathe my baby out. (laughs) Just start breathing. And it was like, and then literally then the baby just like came out, the rest of the body just came out and, um, and it was like, it, yeah, it's it was, the, it was, it, I'll, I'll just finish and then I want to hear your perspective. I was just like, oh my God, I just like turned around and that relief that like, I always, uh, that like I wanted to feel, I guess, like it just immediately washed over my body. Like, oh my God, like I did it. This baby 
is out. Like we just, it's over. We did it. Holy shit. Hmm. And then, yeah. And and then Eric came over and he was like, oh my God, that was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. So you have, you you can tell me, talk from your perspective. So, so what's interesting is, so you're having these contractions and then they broke your water, which, um, almost seemed like, uh, almost seemed like a non-event, like from the, from my perspective, right? Like I, I knew things were going to move faster and I knew, but it didn't seem, like you would, ex- I think when you picture breaking water, it's like an enormous amount of fluid. And then, you know, it just didn't really seem like that. It was like, all right, water's broken and things moving. And, and you went, you kind of rolled back onto the ground, onto your knees. Um, and um, I remember, so I, so I was trying to get this thing full and make sure the water temperature was right. And um, just kind of walking back between the pool and the, um, and the shower just to make sure that everything's fine. And I remember I came back in the room and I like put my hand on Sarah's back and she was like, oh, don't touch me. But it was like such a, it was such an intense response. And you, you were, I mean, you could feel like the heat and the sweat on your back, like you were doing work. Like it was, and I didn't take any offense at all. I just walked to the other side of the room and kept, kept going. Like Sarah needed to be in that moment and headspace and, and Robin really helped as well, uh, she knew exactly what to what to do in terms of that. I don't know if she like, had some oil or something, but she put something on her hands, I think, and then might have just been sanitizer, and then was rubbing your like rubbing your back, um, and uh, you could tell that that helped. But as soon as you were, tr- I felt like you were trying to hold it in because this happened with Kyla, where. Kyla just it started escalating really fast. You were, and we actually had this conversation. So when Sarah was measured at four, you know, I could t- she was visibly deflated. This is for for the other one. Visibly visibly deflated, and I said, "Like, don't you remember this happening with Kyla? Like, you were at four, and then all of a sudden you were like, you know, six, seven, eight, and they were like trying to get Doctor Friedhar into the ER, and they thought she was going to miss it, and they were telling Sarah, just hold on, just hold on.'" And they were telling her to hold on because she wanted Dr. Sridhar to be there to deliver, who delivered Luca, to be there to deliver Kyla. And so I was, I was like, you know, it feels like you're on mile, you thought you were on like mile 20 of the marathon and it turns out you're on mile like six. And that, that is, that is a, that is a, a devastating feeling. Um, but, you know you were you were holding Kyla in and this seems like the same kind of thing which is almost a more intense experience because you feel like it's out of control as soon as you got into the pool though I mean you must have been in there for two minutes before Levi was out I mean it was it was so incredibly fast um and it was I, this sounds silly I don't mean it in the like like Dippy way, it was, but it just seemed so much more natural than the experience in the hospital. But like the hospital bed, you're on this thing. You're in the hold on, hold on. Nothing. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna yeah. get to the differences. Anything else about the arrival of Levi? 
it it was just like it was remarkably smooth. Like the I remember Robin saying like his heads his heads out his heads out, and then the next push like she was like okay reach down and grab your baby like he was out, mm-hmm. and it was just like wow that was was unbelievable it was just unbelievable yeah um yes are there other words you guys here, use to describe it unbelievable remarkably smooth i did, i like i i just i i don't know what i said i said i think i just was like wow in the in this video that i was taking so i was trying to capture it i could tell it was going to be fast but i didn't know it was going to be that fast um it was just like uh I mean, this might sound silly. Like I've never seen anything so powerful. In, in, and by that I mean Sarah. Like it was what she did was. I've like I've never seen a human feat like that before, especially in person. Mm. And by the way, what I find so incredible is that is that every woman who births a baby, regardless, is like they do something so powerful like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it is our time to shine. Like regardless of how your baby comes out, you're doing something that is just so intense and remarkable that it is like, it, it, it would be nice for everyone to view it as that. Mm-hmm. Cause it is just insane. Is there anything else about Levi arriving sort of how it happened or the logistics before I shift into some other questions that came up as you were talking. Um, no, I will just finish that. Like the, like, you know, like I, I was in the pool for another 10 minutes or so and delivered, you know, then delivered the placenta, which was like very easy. And I remember, um, sorry guys, my three-year-old just joined us. Joshy, I'm not done yet. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking with Sarah. I touched the rest that didn't have enough sun and air. When we put in not enough water on grasses, piece, yes, it gets it, it dries out. That's true. Without enough water, it dries out. Daddy, tell me. Yeah, let's go, buddy. Say bye, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a very familiar story. photosynthesis, guys. Photosynthesis. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, start again. <laughs> start again for that. So, so you were in the pool for about ten minutes. Ten minutes, and then I was going to be delivering the placenta, and I remember Robin being like, "Oh, I forgot about the afterbirth." Yes, continue. Yeah, <laughs> it's like there's still um, more. You've produced a baby, and there's, there's still, still more. more. Okay, there's still more, and so she's like, and I was like, "How much? How long does it usually take?" And she's like, mm. "She's like, you'll we'll see," and like. They also, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty typical now in hospitals, like, you know, um, you know, with, uh, doing delayed cord clamping. Um, but we basically just like waited until, until the cord was completely done. Um, then Eric cut the cord and then at, by that point I was basically ready to deliver the placenta. Um, and, Robin's like main point to me she's like don't worry about it the placenta has no bones Mm. and and it like really was true I was I was like a little bit concerned about pushing another thing out and and then it was I literally had to just do some like breaths Mm -hmm. like it was that was kind of it 
Um, and then like after that, like, which is so crazy because like with both my kids before, like you have to like wait until you can walk again to like get up when you have an epidural. And I just like got out of the pool, made sure I wasn't dizzy, walked into my shower. She, she was like, are you sure you want a shower? And I'm like, I 100% <laughs> want a shower. <laughs> like, They're like, I pooed in that pool. I want to I shower. Been, I mean, I was literally been stewing in my, what felt like my sweat. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was just like, I felt disgusting. And so I did a quick shower while Eric was holding Levi. And then I got, I got in bed and was able to like just canoodle. Mm. There's one other thing that I, that was, I know it's different, but that after he was born, it's striking for me at least that you wait for the umbilical cord to stop pumping and it, it was a it's we'll talk about the differences later but that was that was um for for me like a notable part of the experience that it's just like how interesting it is that it all kind of happens on its own mm. yeah um yeah so i think that that's kind of it like it was just really nice to get in our bed with our child, um, be comfortable, uh, get comfortable before, like, I mean, we were there, we were there talking with Robin, kind of like getting situated, like Eric got me a diet sun kiss, which I had, had gotten a couple of days earlier. Like that was going to be my like, after, after birth comfort. Treat. item. Mm-hmm. He got me some toast, like toast, which he buttered with cinnamon. It was just delicious. And like, I got to eat that while we were all talking. And then it might've been like an hour later that like Robin checked my um, vagina to see if there were any tears, which there was, um, which I will know. It was a very, like it was surface level tear. Um, and she's like, I don't need to stitch you up. Like, could you, ba- could you stay in bed for five days with your legs closed? And I was like, nope. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, this is a, a, it's a stretch for me to commit to staying in bed for three days, um, which I have committed to, but five days with my legs closed feels, um, like a big stretch. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just give me the stitch? <laughs> I'll take, I'll take the stitches. Um, so that was, that was it. And then, and then that was that, like they, you know, they packed up their stuff and like left and there was no trace of a birth here. Mm. which I think was Eric's biggest when we, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it, I think, because it's one of your questions, but like when we were considering a home birth or when we were not considering a home birth, the reason was because Eric was just like, I don't, it's like a murder scene in the hospital. Like, I don't want that to be our bedroom. <laughs> mm-hmm. We just didn't understand how it wouldn't be. Right, right. Well, let's transition there because so, you guys keep going there. Yeah. So talk to me yeah. about the differences. You've now had three babies two in hospital, one in home. Talk to me about what you noticed the differences were. So I will say, um, and this, this isn't what led me to the decision to want to find a midwife. Um, I wish it was because it would have actually been much more intentional and I think powerful. And I would have like had a different perspective maybe, but like throughout the process, I think, I never would have considered a home birth with my first kid, never considered it with my second kid. I think like in my mind, you deliver babies in a hospital, 
and like you know like, god forbid anything goes wrong the NICUs are right there and like it was that was like a comfort that I needed I also like didn't know much about birth in general with either my first or my second and I had no expectations of what birth would be like and I didn't care so much as long as my baby was delivered healthy and I was healthy. And I think like that's like probably, I mean, I, I mean, I can't even say that I regret it. Like I love my, I love my hospital births. I love my OB. Like I'm a hospital staff was incredible. Like I was lucky and fortunate, but I just wasn't an active participant in my pregnancies or my, or my births. Like I, I like knew nothing about what to do during labor because I figured I would show up at the hospital and I would be told what to do. And that is exactly what happened. And I was fine with that. Um, but I think going into the third one, um, I, I was like, Oh, I want a different experience. Not because I had a bad experience, but I just wanted a different one. So when I found a midwife like throughout that process, I started to realize I needed to be an active participant in my story because, because like you just kind of are forced to be, because I'm like, oh, I'm going to be doing an unmedicated birth. I can't be unprepared for this. Right. Like, and so I started learning a lot more and it's also probably by nature of my business and what I do that I started learning a lot more. But like throughout this whole last pregnancy, I've been like, oh my God, there is so much I would have done differently with my first two had I known now what I, if I knew then what I know now. And all that to say, I think what I started with was like this pregnancy, I felt like I was, I had like complete ownership over everything that happened and that played a big role in like I think why it was so special um, mm. I forgot what the question was I probably didn't answer no it was helpful in talking through the process I wanted to know the differences with the hospital yes okay so differences why don't you talk about them from your perspective while I gather my thoughts sure. <laughs> just, I, did a I mean there's a million and, little and while you're like- gathering I just want to give a heads up that I am on Josh and slash Maya in about 20 okay. minutes so okay. should we should we triage cool. a little bit? Yes. Okay. So here are the things I'm going to do a little I've taken notes of things that I don't think we're going to get to, but I think there's it's in Juna already or will be coming like the castor oil trick, the counter pressure points, managing having other kids, pooping in labor and hemorrhoids are all things you've like <laughs> dropped. Um the like hospital versus non is one thing. The pieces that I'm hearing a lot is like there's preparation physically and there's preparation psychologically. And that's just what you set up, Sarah, like really mm-hmm. nicely was like you took ownership of it. And then the next question is like, how do you prepare? Like, how do you do that? What did that look like? Um, mm-hmm. And then I really wanted to ask you that journey question, like five years with all of these things, what like, what do you want to remember about it all? Mm-hmm. Where do you guys want to go with the last bit of time? It's up to you. But I, I think that the hospital versus not is like yeah, for I this, think. for 
the larger world of Juna, yes. I'm not sure what's important, but for this particular, if you want to focus on this particular experience, like then let's stay there. The, Perfect. Those differences are so clear right now, and like yeah, yeah. I'm nodding. So you go. All right. So let's yeah. stay there. Okay. Edit. So yeah. So for me, the the biggest difference I said this to Sarah after was that, like, and, and again, this is from, uh, you know, the the partner's perspective who is not giving birth. Um, that I it it. In retrospect, the hospital felt like a disconnected, surreal experience. Like you go to this place, other people take over, you, you're just there kind of listening and waiting for them to tell you to do things or not do things. And then, you know, then it's go time and then there's a baby. Um, this was, you know, like I felt like a more active partner being home. So one, so much of your time in the hospital is just waiting, you know, for the for the main event. And I felt like Sarah could get much more comfortable in our home because she could change positions. She could sit on the floor. She could, you know, go to this other part of the room and, you know, hold on to the TRX band or, or lean onto the bed or, you know, lie down on the bed or change positions. Like all, all of the stuff is hers. The music's hers. The lights she's in control of. So it, from that perspective, like leading up to the birth, you know, there's so much more control and so much more comfort. And that, that is really, you know, that stress level and stress reduction is a huge, huge part of it. Um, I was skeptical of not being in hospital. It just was not something I had considered before. And, you know, we've had, we've had complications in the past before Luca and Kyla. And so, there's that too. And, and you just worry about like, what if there is a complication, what do you do? And how does that work? And um, I think Sarah made me much more comfortable with that. Uh, then just witnessing the actual birth, it felt so much more natural. And what I mean by that, and, and granted, like things can happen and, I, and I'm not an expert in this. Um, so, you know, this is just my perspective, but, it almost seemed like like easier and less complicated being at home as as crazy as that sounds like we know that humans have been doing this for a very long time before there were hospitals so it makes a lot of sense and when you're talking about fetal ejection like yeah it makes sense that your body would do that um but then we start to treat all these individual symptoms along the way and we end up treating symptoms of other treatments. And so I think you can, you find yourself in this like patchwork of, of treatment that may or may not be necessary. Um, whereas this was kind of like, you know, your body knew what to do and it did it. Um, you know, and I think back to Luca and, and Luca was pretty fast, but just think about like how much time, like his head was partially exposed in the birth canal, but we're trying to get him out, couldn't quite get him out. And, like there was so much, and there were 20 people around all like working on this thing. And, you know, you're, you couldn't feel your legs. Like I was holding one of your legs and it was, you know, it's like completely dead weight. And then I can I contrast that with this experience where you're like in an athletic position, basically standing and just the amount of control and power that you had in this situation versus 
looking at the hospital where you're you're sort of there, but you're not in control, and you're, you, it doesn't seem powerful. Like it is amazing, and it's incredible, and I don't you know want to take anything away from those experiences, but like seeing these the same person in those two situations, like it just is it was striking the difference. Um, is there, and then, sorry, Eric, is there something about this being the third? Like, as you guys look oh, back, like, like, would you, oh, do you sure. think you would feel this way about a first, like if, if you had done this? With I, I don't know that. Is that a fair question? Well, I don't know that we, I don't know that we know. Mm-hmm. Like so much of the feeling is a comparison. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I think my nerves would have been like, I was, I was anxious about this. Uh, but with the first one, I think it would have just been like, because you just don't know. Like I recall the putting Luke in the car, you know, like any, any parent I've talked to that has their first kid and they, when they let you go home, like I, I always text my friends, like when did every, everybody become like homicidal maniacs <laughs> on the road? Like that, you know, like that's, that's your experience. Uh, with your first and with your third, it's not. You're just sort of like it's a little bit. So yeah, that that absolutely plays into it. And I, I think it's it's interesting, like that he compared because like when when he just painted the picture of me me delivering Luca, which and by the way, like I Luca was out in 14 minutes yeah, of pushing, it was, it was, like it was, yeah, fast, it was fast. But like it when when he paints the picture of like literally, I was incapable. Of whole, like I, I had, a, had an epidural, like my 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 legs were being held up by someone. I couldn't walk for three hours after the epidural wore, wore up. You know, like all these things. Which, by the way, again, I'm so glad that you that we had you had the disclaimer at the beginning because, like, this is this is not a judgment on having an epidural because I loved my my epidural. Like I and I wouldn't go back and change those experiences. But it's so nice to have the comparison to what each, because, like, Kyla's was a little bit different, too, like, in, in that, like, the epidural I got um, was very late, and so I felt, you know, it was just, it was, it was, I kind of, like, I, I like, a baby stepped my way to a, an unmedicated birth, if you will, <laughs> um, but I think, like, it's, it's, like, having the comparison is what, and I'm so glad that this was our third you know, that the home birth was our third birth because I'm like, wow, like that was what a birth to end our baby making with. Mm-hmm. Like, like and that was, it was just so incredible. And it made me realize like how, how normal birth is. Like it doesn't need to be this like highly medicalized experience that I thought it needed to be when I approached my, like my first pregnancy. And I think like because of our experiences, like because everything with pregnancy had been so medicalized, like, like I had spent eight days in a hospital yeah. with one, had emergency surgery with another, like it was just. Yeah. So, so all, all the preceding stuff that we had to go through definitely, definitely weighed into, I mean, there was no decision point. Like we were having a look in the hospital. That was, we didn't even discuss, let alone think about that. Um, with Luca, we wanted to be in the hospital after he was born. Like we wanted to stay there for a couple of days, and we also didn't have a kid at home, so it was easy to stay there. Right? Like we just had somebody watching our dogs. 
uh, with Kyla, when she was born, we wanted to leave immediately. Like we wanted to have her in the hospital, but as soon as she was born, we wanted to go home. And we actually like, you know, tried to get dismissed in a day earlier. And we were like, really wanted to bring her home and we wanted to be home. And, and by the way, like our, our, you know, our experience at the hospital, as far as experiences go, was extremely positive. Yeah. Like we had great experiences in, in, um, in the hospital. So I, I don't want to make it sound like, like that was a bad decision at all. Um, or that hospitals are bad. Like we, we just, we had great experiences just seeing this though. And then after, uh, Levi was born, um, being home was really nice. Like, Sarah was like, oh, I can't imagine like getting in a car. Like you, you know, like we, you, obviously we could be at the hospital. We have two kids, and so Sarah and I would kind of have to split up and figure that out. But if we went to the birth center, even you would have had to get in your car. And Sarah said, you can't imagine getting in a car right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Three hours after delivering a baby, like just how that would have felt on my hoo ha. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's what you said. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so being home was just really nice it was like oh yeah we're in our home this this feels right there's a lot a lot that you guys have led us into both like intimate emotionally and psychologically physically um and there's like so many threads that i know juna or either of you will pick up on i want to sort of give listeners like look you have three kids at home so I'm mindful of your time. I could talk to you guys about this for hours. So here are just some some tidbits. The castor oil trick. Don't know what it is, Sarah. Please make a post. Fascinating. The counter okay. pressure points. Eric, Sarah just had a baby. Maybe you could do that post, right? Having other kids, what you do with them. Deep fear about pooping in labor. Lancing hemorrhoids. I know you did a hemi one recently. Thank you for that one. (laughs) The fears related to it. You talked a lot today about psychologically preparing and physically preparing. And honestly, I feel like we've just scratched the surface on both of those topics, as well as the differences you found in each of your three deliveries. We didn't even get to talk about your three pregnancies. So I'm hoping this is the first of more conversations. I want to hold though, a little bit of your journey. You both sat now and and reflected back on how this would be sort of the last of your baby making and for for listeners who don't know their journey has not been straightforward it started just five years six years ago july of 2014 what looks like three pregnancies and three children is actually the story of one failed ivf two ectopic pregnancies, one miscarriage, and Sarah having surgery to remove a fallopian tube on their first anniversary. And so as you look back and hold Levi and Kyla and Luca, and also at the challenges you faced, I'm really curious what you both want to remember about this stage in your lives together in your marriage, as people, and as parents. Do you want to go first? I do not. You do not. <laughs> oh, man. Um, you said a mouthful. I think it's like, I just, um, I think each, each child has brought a different dimension to our lives. 
um, one that like we couldn't, I mean, at least I won't speak for Eric, but I couldn't, when I, when we started the journey to building a family, like I just wanted a child having no idea what, what that would mean to us or what it would mean for our lives or what it would mean in general. And I think, um, each kid has, has just like, you know, enriched our lives more. I think like when I looked at, I had all these fears about adding a child with Luca. Then when we had Kyla or when I was pregnant with Kyla, I was like, how can I love another child as much as I love Luca? And when I was pregnant with Levi, I just like knew I, I could. And so I think like each stage has been so different. Like I want, I want to remember what life was like with each child during each of those stages, because from now on, the rest of our life, it's the five of us. Um, and I just like, I want to remember what it was like when we were, th- when there was three. And then I, I love to remember what it was like when there was four and now the rest of our life, it's five. Um, so that's like one thing I just like, I'm conscious of. Um, and then what was the other? What was did I answer the question? <laughs> did I? Okay. I did answer the question. Is there anything oh, about oh, being pregnant, Sarah, you want to remember? You know, like, it's funny. Like, Eric's smiling and laughing right now because, like, there is, like, there's no one that hates pregnancy more than me. <laughs> but I think this last pregnancy was so different for me. One, because, like, it just wasn't – I mean, I, I will 100% attribute it to the fact that, like, it was my last one. So deep – deep in my like soul, I, I was like finding, like finding the positiveness in it and like being like, okay, like it's okay that I have hemorrhoids. Like, cause this is the last time I'm going to have these hemorrhoids. I'm like, these, these things are okay. And I was also in like much better shape. Like I felt better. I was, it was, it was not as terrible, but like, I think there is nothing more special than carrying a life like, and, and creating life and, growing it in your body. And I think like, I look back at each pregnancy, like, and I think like, it was just me and you and it was just me and you for nine months. And like, we'll always have that. And I think like, that's special. Super, super special. I don't think there's anything like that. No. Eric, what about you? Um, What do you want to remember? Uh, I mean, uh, I keep thinking about when Sarah and I talked, about this the other night that this has been essentially six years six years right six years of of our life has has been um doing this and people i always thought when people said you know you're building your family that was kind of a strange expression and now you know six years later after spending that time you know, building our family, like it is, it is real work. I mean, there's so much like, think about the people we were six years ago, we're completely different people. And that's a result of many things. But I think we certainly would not be the people we are today, had we not done the work in in building a family. And and I don't say, you know, done the work, like people aren't doing the work. I, I mean, everybody who's building a family is doing a lot of work. Um, 
you know, you have to, it totally changes your relationship at every, at every stage. Um, you've really got to support each other in different ways. You have to learn how to communicate in different ways. Um, you know, there's different feelings that you just didn't have before. Like Sarah was saying, like you just all of a sudden in your life before that, aside from your family, um, you, you typically love is like a zero sum game where you love one person and then you love another person, but you stop loving the other person. And, you know, and I think having kids for us at least was the realization that love is an infinite resource and that you can, it is the only thing you can create more of without having to take it away from something else, which is, you know, wonderful. And as Sarah was saying for, for Luca, we, I think I had a lot of anxiety about like, am I, you know, am I gonna, am I a good person? Like, am I gonna love him enough? And you know, it didn't hit me right away. And I've talked, I've talked about that, and I tell my friends like, it just didn't hit me right away. And of course, like Luca's, you know, my world um, now, and it happened very fast. But it, it, the fact that it didn't hit me right away was extremely concerning to me which also sort of played into the anxiety. And with Kyla, it was like, well, I love Luca so much. I don't want to take away from Luca's love. Like he deserves all the love that I have. Right. And then you have, you had your second kid and you realize like, Oh, I, I have as much love, if not more for Luca as I always did. And now I have more love for, for this new person. And so I had none of that anxiety going into the third, um, which was, uh, which was nice. So I could kind of go into this experience without, really any any sort of reservations or trepidation but you know getting back to the work it's like it's six years um and we felt like we wanted this third child to to really like feel like we were done and we definitely feel like we're done now um so there's you know i think with with each one it's been it's been a, a critical experience for us so like with Luca you know he had spent years trying to have a kid and so um when we had Luca uh I'm, I'm gonna pause for one second because we've got some noise coming out the door and I'm gonna start that over Hold on one sorry sorry Kara it's okay I'm going in two minutes okay babe babe just come here you have two minutes I'm sorry. I've no, been no, talking no, to you guys okay. about this for hours. I, no, no, no. It's all right. Eric, well, finish your thought. What'd you learn? He's, he's, he hasn't. He's, he's, he's back in. Okay. okay, sorry about that. Eric, finish your yeah. thought. So, What'd you learn? Yeah. So with, with Luca, like he on. was... Listen. I said the music's so, coming on. Your mic is getting turned off. <laughs> so with, with Luca, like we had spent two years trying to have a kid. And so when we had him, you know, that to us was like, was about sort of hope. And with Kyla, you know, I felt like we were really moving forward and we were looking forward with Kyla. And then I think with, with, um, Levi, we've kind of finished the circle, but the, the last thing I'll say, which is so important and just such a special thing for us is that, you know, many, I don't know if Sarah's talked about it on the podcast, but you know, her brother, Matt died when she was 10. Um, and Matt's birthday was June 18th. And so we were really, really hoping that Levi would be born on June 18th. And he was. And I think for, you know, for our lives, because our lives, um, 
revolve a lot around Sarah's life. It is very nice, um, as they do for all the members of the family. It's really nice to have that full circle of, you know, one of, you know, the most painful experiences, I'm sure the most painful experience of, of Sarah's life. And with this, which, you know, now there's this, this new uh, person here. It's just like, it's just such a nice, it's such a nice way to kind of wrap up this, this experience. You know, sometimes um, there are experiences that we have that defy words. And um, I mean, birth in general is one of them, but the way the two of you have opened your hearts and shared like your, your feeling is so clear. Your energy is so resonant and it's to all of our growth and benefit. And so for showing us your hearts and letting us in really, you know, my deepest, my deepest thanks and my most heartfelt, like I'm sending you guys all the love for allowing me to be in this space with you. It's been sacred and it's been such an honor. Thank you for having me. And thank you guys for sharing your story. Okay, that's all for today. If you found this episode helpful, please, please, please share it with your mama friends and write a review. Also, be sure to subscribe to the Juno Women podcast on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening now. If you're pregnant or postpartum, you can download the Juno app for tailored follow-along workouts and nutrition advice just for this period of your life. The app is available in the iOS app store. If you're looking to connect with other Juno moms, check out the Juno Moms Facebook group. See you next week.